Well, you may be seated. If you were here this morning, you are blessed. Pastor did such an awesome job. The Holy Ghost changed the message that he was going to be sharing, which I know was a good one. But he changed and he spoke to us this morning on how to live in these last days. And as he was sharing the word, I was sitting there going, well, I think the Holy Ghost is changing what I was going to share tonight. It's kind of a chain reaction. I do have a really good message. Come back next week because I have a good message on how hungry are you on heart hunger, which is an excellent message. But you know, here at Heart of the Bay, we are not about preaching an excellent message. Although the word that goes forth from here is excellent. Would you agree? Because it's the word. But we are a word church, number one. But we are a spirit led church. And so when the Holy Spirit begins to deal with our heart to change a message or, 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 you know, to say something a little different than we were going to say, it's because we at Heart of the Bay family need to hear it and we need to follow the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit. So up there in the booth, up there in the heavenlies, I'm definitely going to be preaching along the lines of how to use our authority. And we are going to do just that. But I do want to put the, set the table and build the foundation. As we shared this morning, and as all of you are, are aware, I'm sure, of all of the horrific events of the last week. Last Saturday, that horrible shooting in Gilroy, for, where four people, including the gunmen, lost their lives. And then on Saturday, yesterday, in El Paso, where 20 lives were needlessly taken. 26 or so were injured. Then again last night in Dayton, Ohio, where 10 people, I think 9 or 10 people were killed and numerous ones were injured. So that was why I believe the Lord, through our pastor this morning, was giving us words of encouragement. We don't have to fear when we hear these horrible things going on around us. But neither do we just want to ignore that. We want to use our faith. We want to do our part, like he shared on the 91st Psalm, so that no evil comes nigh our dwelling. We don't fear these things because God is with us and God is on our side. But on the other hand, we want to step up and we want to use the weapons of our warfare and we want to stop the devil in the name of Jesus. It's obvious that he has stepped up his game. He knows that his time is short. We're not always going to be here on this earth. And the enemy knows. He knows that his time is running out. And I'm very happy to report that he is going down into that pit. Hallelujah. And he knows that. But he's trying to wreak havoc right now in the limited time that he has left. And these things that we see happening in our world today, like Pastor said this morning, it's the two kingdoms clashing. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. But I have good news. Light will prevail. Amen. Amen. 
Light always dispels darkness. It is not a match for the light of the glorious gospel. And when we as believers begin to take our position in prayer and our position in authority, we can push back the forces of darkness. What I'm sharing tonight is not from a place of defeat. Folks, you and I are on the winning team. Glory be to God. We are going to pray tonight from a place of victory. From a place of we are more than conquerors. We're going to play, pray from our seat of authority. Do you know where you are seated? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that he has raised us up together and he has made us sit together with Jesus in heavenly places. And where is that seat? It is far above principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Hallelujah. Know who you are. Know where you're seated. Hallelujah. And I just want to remind us tonight. Oh, I'm getting a lot of, am I loud? Getting a lot. Okay, okay. Anyway, I know I'm loud. Maybe turn me down. But I want to remind us tonight of what Jesus has done for us. And the authority that he has given unto us. Anybody want to hear it before we pray? Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. And a lot of my scriptures will be in the New King James. I love this. Having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them. Triumphing over them in it. I think we ought to say ha ha devil. Ha ha devil. I like that phrase. It says he disarmed, disarmed principalities and power. When the enemy came after Jesus, he thought he was well armed. He had all of the religious leaders and he had all of these people on his side screaming out, crucify him, crucify him. He thought he was well armed when Jesus took his final breath on that cross. But ha ha ha, devil, (laughs) Jesus didn't stay on the cross. When he took his last breath, the devil's nightmare just began. Because the Bible tells us that for three days and three nights, he went into the pit of hell. And in the battle of the ages, guess who was the last man standing? It was Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our champion. Hallelujah. Up from the grave, he arose. With a mighty triumph o'er his foes, he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave, or whatever the rest of the words are, but they're good. Up from the grave, he arose. Hallelujah. And I like this. Jesus, this Bible, this verse we just read, it said he disarmed principalities and powers. But he didn't just disarm him. He made a public spectacle of him. He stripped him of his power and his authority. And I heard Keith Moore say this, and I loved it. He said, Jesus took the keys of death, hell, and the grave 
out of Satan's hand. And then he said, because of that, Satan doesn't even have the keys to his own house anymore. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> he took the keys. Death, hell, and the grave. Satan doesn't have the keys to his own house anymore. I think he deserves another ha, 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 devil. Ha, ha, devil. You are defeated. You're under our feet in the name that is above every name. When Jesus came to this earth, he knew exactly what his purpose was. The Bible tells us in 1 John Chapter 3, verse 8. And I like it out of the Amplified. It's a little bit long, but we're going to expound on this. But he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is of the devil. Takes his character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned. He violated the divine law from the beginning. I want to stop right there before we read the rest of it. As I was reading this just this afternoon, because this message just came together this afternoon. That's a good one, isn't it? Amen. Anyway, so as I was reading this, it says, but he who commits sin. Well, first of all, we know that we as people... We as human, even though we are blood-bought, redeemed believers, doesn't mean that we're not going to still miss it. Doesn't mean that we're not going to sin. But thank God for 1 John 1, 9. Amen. When we miss it as believers, when we sin, what do we do? We confess our sin. He's faithful. He's just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this scripture is not talking about believers that just occasionally sin. This phrase here says, practicing evil doing. That's a whole other level. The evil person that takes his character from the devil. And we have seen that in manifestation. Not just in recent days, but definitely in recent days. These three shooters were all young men. And then for no Apparent logical reason. Not sure yet of all of the connection. But we do know this. It was devil inspired. Because this evil doing is from the evil one. And it, they took on his nature. They took on his character. It takes his character from the evil one. That's being possessed with the enemy's thoughts, influence to the degree that you carry out his bidding. I believe that's what happened with these people, not just these three, but in the past as well. These acts of terror, trying to instill terror into the heart of men. But God, but Jesus... The rest of this verse, this first part tells us this is what the devil wants to do. This is what he'd like to do. He'd like to just influence people and get them to practice wrongdoing. But he does not win. Because the rest of this verse, read the rest of it with me. The reason the Son of God was made manifest visible was to undo destroy 
loosen and dissolve the works the devil has done. Think we ought to shout, thank you, Jesus. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. Jesus came to undo, destroy, dissolve the works the devil has done. What are we supposed to do when we see the work of the enemy? Well, one thing we shouldn't do is give him any glory. We shouldn't talk about it. Oh, great, big, awful, bad devil. He is a bad devil. He's good at being a bad devil. That's what he does. That's his nature. It's evil. But we don't glorify his works. I so appreciated the networks that I was watching yesterday, Fox, and even see in and in flipping over there. This young man there in El Paso, because he wasn't killed, he surrendered. Definitely a cowardly act of a coward. He surrendered. But I appreciated, they said, we're not going to mention his name. They didn't mention his name on the airway. They just kept calling him the shooter. I said, good for you. Because that's what the devil wants. He wants attention. And he wants to be glorified. And when he gets all this attention and he gets all this glory, then he tries his major weapon is fear. Fear and anxiety to grip people's hearts. So if we're not going to glorify the devil and we're not going to talk about all the stuff that he's trying to do, then what are we going to do? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to act like the Bible is so. There goes my little Kleenex. Maybe I'll just wave it. Act like the Bible is so. Because it is. And we don't give him glory, but we also, this is what we're going to do. We're going to realize and recognize the source of these hideous acts and crimes. People carry them out, but why do they carry them out? Because of the influence of the wicked one. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Tells us here. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. But against principalities. Powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. But what did we just read? What did Jesus come to do? He came to destroy and undo the works of the devil. He's got authority and he's given it to us over these acts. We don't attack people. We despise their hideous crimes. But we go after the source. The creator of evil. And it is the devil. And how do we do that? We take our God-given authority in prayer. Jesus said this to his disciples in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. He said this, and I like it out of the new King James. The King James uses the word power twice, but the new King James reads like this. Behold, I give you what? Authority. Say authority with some authority. Authority to trample 
on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And read that last part with me. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Read it again. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Does it read nothing except a terrorist attack? Nothing except, you know, the devil did this or did that. No, nothing. No thing. Reminds me of Isaiah. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. The devil may have some plots, plans, and schemes. He may crank up some weapons, but they're not going to prosper. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Is he literally talking about here where he says, I've give, told us that we can trample on serpents and scorpions. Is he literally talking about serpents and snakes here? Well, if they show up, we got authority over them, according to Mark chapter 16. But what he is literally talking about is the devil himself. Because in Revelation chapter 20, verse 2, in the King James, it says, And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent. Which is the devil. And Satan. Oh, 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 Satan. Listen up, devil. He's not in here, but maybe he'll listen on the recording. He's not in here. He's out of here. (laughs) No place given to him. But if he happens to visit our website, hear this, devil. You are bound. He's going to bind him for a thousand years. Oh, happy day. Ha, ha, ha. The devil is going to get what he deserves and what's coming to him. Ha, ha, devil. Ha, ha, you old serpent. And when the devil comes and he tries to tell you how awful you are and remind you of your past, remember this right here. Okay, devil, you old serpent. That might have happened in my past, but it's under the blood. But let me remind you of your past. We just read it. Jesus stripped you of all your power. He disarmed you of all your power and your authority. He took the keys right out of your hand. So devil, your past wasn't so good. And according to this, your future's not looking very bright either. So get out of here and leave me alone. Amen. Don't listen to his lies. So this verse lets us know that he is literally speaking Jesus is talking about the power of the devil that we have authority over him. Now then you might say, well, this was written to the early church. Well, does the church of the Lord Jesus Christ need any less authority today than they did in the first century? Well, I would have to say assuredly not. We need it more today. And we have it in Jesus' name. He has delegated his authority to us. And that authority that he has given to us in his name is recognized in three realms. You know what they are? Heaven. Heaven stands at attention at the mention of Jesus' name. In earth, whatever you bind on earth 
is bound in heaven. Hallelujah. In hell. Heaven, hell trembles at the very mention of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been granted delegated authority. And what are we going to do with it? Are we going to use it? We're going to use it. And we're going to stop the attacks of the enemy. I love this wonderful illustration that Smith Wigglesworth gave years ago. He was standing on a street corner in England, in London, waiting for a bus. And a woman came out of her apartment. A little dog ran up behind her. And she turned around sweetly and said, Now, honey, you can't go. You have to go back. Well, you know, if you say it like that, the little dog's definitely not going to go back. He just kept following her. He was wagging his tail. He didn't pay any attention to her saying, go back, go back, rubbing up against her leg. And then she said, now, honey, you can't come with me. You have to go back. The little dog, he just kept rubbing up against her leg. And then all of a sudden, the bus pulled up. And the woman stomped her foot and she said, get That little dog tucked his tail and took off running back home. And without even thinking, Smith Wigglesworth said out loud, That's the way you got to do the devil. We can't pet the devil. We can't reason with the devil. We can't say, oh, devil, I won't bother you if you don't bother me. Can we just come into a truce? I won't do anything to upset your kingdom. If you, devil, just don't bother me. Let me just pet you. No, you got to rise up and say, get in the name of Jesus. Get out of my affairs. Get out of my body. Get out of my family. Get out of the Bay Area. This is our territory. This is our domain. You're not going to put up a stronghold here. Get out of our nation in the name of Jesus. We are authorized dealers of the power and the authority invested in the wonderful name of Jesus. And it's our right, it's our privilege, and it's our responsibility. To take territorial authority. What does that mean? That means areas of influence in your life. That means your family. That means where you work. That means your car. That means wherever your sphere of influence is. That's your territory. The Bible says in Isaiah, we are watchmen on the wall. And we have been given the voice, the authority to watch over these areas of prayer. And when the devil raises up his ugly head, what are we supposed to do? Get in Jesus name. You cannot come nigh me or my family. I'm not putting up with it. And because we live in this great nation, believers all over this country, and I know today lots of prayer was going up from coast to coast and border to border. And our hearts cry out for mercy and compassion and healing for those that have been affected by these horrible, terrorist, awful acts. But on the other hand, as we're praying out for them to receive healing and restoration, our spirit man ought to be rising up and saying, no more. No more. 
devil. We are watching over our territory and we are using our mighty weapons and we are stopping you in the name that is above every name. One last scripture about our weapons. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse three and four. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. There it is again. This is not a people problem. Even though people carry out these crimes, it is a spirit problem. It is an evil spirit behind them. And it's like a, a spirit of murder and a, just an a awful spirit that's trying to get a stronghold right. in our nation. A spirit of hatred. It's not going to prevail. But we've got weapons. Hallelujah. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but what are they? Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We've been talking about the name of Jesus. What other weapons do we have? Tell me, what do we have? How about the word, which is a sword of the spirit? How about the blood of the lamb? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. How about the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, our teacher, our strengthener, our guide, the one who gives us divine utterance? Folks, we've got supernatural help in the name of Jesus. It's not carnal, but it is mighty. Ha, ha, ha.